Welcome to the Fun Intended Podcast. Uh, it's been two weeks since our last episode, and although, uh, speaking for myself here, I didn't have a lot of time to digest or in- ingest, I could be a better way of putting it, a lot of material. We're still going to put out an episode, as I've been saying since the start of the new year. We're trying to maintain our schedule without any issues. And if you don't know who I am yet, my name is George, and with me, as always, is Matt. Hello. And unfortunately, Chase had a bit of a work issue, although he had some, actually, from our private chat, some exciting stuff to talk about, like watching all seven, seven Tremor movies, which I did not know was a thing, but that's not... <laughs> yeah, that is, that I'll is, definitely drill him on that. Oh, seven Tremor movies and the TV series. Maybe we'll do like a very, very special episode where we just talk about that. But in the meantime, you're going to be spending your day with us. And for those of you who don't know, they, our podcast is mostly about consumable media, as I like to call it. Basically, your your atypical pop culture, the stuff that you can read, watch, anything that you just kind of help you cons- that 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 helps you consume the culture, as it were, and basically find some enjoyment in your life. That's that's basically what we do. You know, video games movies and the like but unfortunately for myself like i said i've been a bit busy with projects at work so i haven't had a lot of free time usually it's i come home i pass out i wake up i go work out and then i go back to work it's basically a very very boring existence at the moment unfortunately for me but uh i'm not sure i think matt says he's got something on the yeah he does i see the list for our for our episode what we're gonna be talking about so let's go ahead and get into it matt why don't we start with you with persona 4 the golden which sounds like is that the title with the whole thing i think well i think normally people got persona 4 golden so here's the thing about persona this is the first persona 4 this is the first time i played a persona game it's been recommended to me uh by several people i know when persona 5 came out on on Switch, people are like, what the fuck? They should put Persona 4 on this motherfucker. And I was even thinking, like, yeah, because I want to play it. I would have loved to have played it on Switch. Um, they, so, for people who don't know, it's part of the whole Shin Megami Tensei series, which I'm, like, a big fan. I've played, um, I've played, uh, Strange Journey, uh, Nocturne, and um, and uh, Devil Survivor. I have no idea. I'm just like did yeah. a Google search. Yeah, Devil game. Survivor was like a tactics type game. I thought it was an interesting take on it. Um, I can't remember if I'm missing any, but those are like you know you're you're you get these demons. Oh, it's and- a fighting game. That's what this is. No, no, you're you're th- you're looking at one. T- we'll get into that. Wait, wait, what's a fighting game? Persona Four Golden. It's not a fighting game. Why does it look like a fighting game? I think they made a fighting game spinoff. Uh, they also okay. made like a dancing game spinoff, and I think it all started. They started doing these spinoff ones with Persona Three, I think. So you figure you have like per- so there's all these right i mean it's like you collect all these demons and you fight with them and so persona changes that right from the regular shin megami tensei franchise 
So you don't have these demons. You don't meet them. You don't buy them. You don't, you know, like in uh, Nocturne, uh, which is on PS2, that was, I think that's like the third main Shimagami Tensei. You're actually like in this sort of demon world or like the apocalypse, basically. It's like, it's like the end of everything and there's demons everywhere. And you could, you, when you go into a, your turn-based battle, you know, like, like J- classic JRPG fashion, just like the old Final Fantasies, right? You're taking turns fighting. Uh, you could get into conversations and try to get the demons to join you. Well, so they changed it. They're not, de- in Persona, they're not demons. You're not getting them to join your party. They're a part of you. The easiest way, if you're a weeb, to understand this is like, instead of a demon that's like a real demon that's like by your side, personas are like a stand, like from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Okay. You'll you'll hear him say like, you drew this from the sea, the sea of your soul, right? And so the main character can switch, like you, you know, are the main character. It's you and your and your friends, and you each have a persona. So like that persona will change your stats, but you're the only one that can change your persona, and you can uh, combine them, either two or three different personas, and make a new one and level up. And the whole system of this game, like I'm just going over the combat, but this one is like there was a review that put it best is that it's it's an anime it's a visual novel it's a video game but most of all it's a friendship simulator and because like your relationship like like the visual novel part of it where you build these relationships and it's all time-based so it's like who am i going to hang out with after school who am i you know what are we going to do are we going to go fight level (laughs) up are we so the those choices will change how you talk to people and also other activities will change your stats and those stats will in turn give you different uh dialogue options which then as i said will help grow your relationship and then those relationships will change how you can how powerful your personas are so it's this big like web work did that make sense i feel like man i kept going I feel like it's it's what I'm what I'm gathering is it's a very well <laughs> it's a very weird game that you can do a lot of things in where yeah it, but it, it doesn't like, but like what's Pokemon, crazy JoJo and, and a dating sim yes but the crazy thing is like I don't feel overwhelmed it's like they they made it to where look you can only do a few things a day and you have to choose who you hang out with you got to choose what you do. You know, if you go fighting that day, you're not going to do anything else that day, right? Um, you know, you can read books from your room or you could do like different jobs. It's, it doesn't, the only like negative to it is like if you play it to me, and this is, you could say this about a lot of games. If I play it for like a few, like an hour, maybe if, I think that a good time to play is like two to three hours max. If I play it more than that, I feel like I'm just kind of like 
skipping through stuff and I'm not really getting into the story, you know, or I'm, I'm just, I've been sitting down too long. So my brain isn't taking it all in, but it, I, like I said, I think like for all those elements that I mentioned, like it feels very balanced and the pacing is very on point because of that balance. Okay. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's my impression. My first persona game, right. As a, you know, as a moderately, uh, loyal, uh, Shin Megami Tensei fan, uh, finally seeing this series, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'll definitely probably play Persona Five next. So um, when you say Shin Shinigami Tensei, it's like a genre. Shin like- Shin Megami Tensei. It's a series. It's a whole franchise. So it's it's like, you know, the main thing is like you're you're a person who can like talk to Dean. I don't I don't know the story of the original games, you know, but like the main ones is like you end up with like demons, and on your part in your party. You know, there's like this apocalyptic event and demons are now in the world and you can befriend them and and they'll fight alongside you. Now and then so like Persona is just it's like a spin off franchise. So there's like okay. five okay. Persona games. But there's a bunch of other Shin Megami Tensei spin-offs where it's using that demon system. So so when so when does the, the the Soul Society come to play in this? The Soul yeah, Society. The, the Soul Society. The the guys who like you know they they run the Shinigami you know they. No 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 not Shinigami not Death God Shin three words Shin Megami. It's it's it means roughly I think this is roughly true goddess revelation or gospel something like that it's not shinigami it's shin megami and and in the original and in the original games the ones with demons they all have different like races and megami is a race so it's like there are certain goddess demons that are some of those are actually some of my favorite ones so they don't they don't they don't you know um they don't fight hollows or uh wear masks you know they don't they don't have like special swords that have like two forms uh well depends there might be a game that has that that i haven't played like i said there's a bunch there was some on like like it started in like nintendo era i want to say and they had some on and there was one there was one that was like on a i think it was called demon summoner and i was on like Sega Saturn, you know, when I started like looking into like the whole franchise, I was like, it's like, shit, this is, that's cool. This is like a big thing. So though, and they're, they're still working on like, like Shin Megami Tensei five, I think, which is going to be on switch, which I'm totally going to get that one. I feel like my bleach joke just went like right over your head. And I don't know anything else about bleach that. What didn't go over my head? I just didn't know how to add to it. I know what you you say, Shinigami. I told you, like, no, not Death God. It means like true. 
I, 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 that's, I that's just all I, got. I failed. I'm sorry. I couldn't like add to the joke because I, 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 I actually, when you said soul society, I was like, I, I couldn't remember. And then when you said like battle hollow, I'm like, Oh, bleach. I'm like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I hate that show. Yeah. It's funny. You say that too. Cause like, Oh, I, I, uh, so I want to say it comes from the the as I like to call it, which is funny that that this is this is the era of anime that I kind of just refused, like conscientiously objected to watching it because I, I want to say like this is back in my youth when I when I when like weeaboos started to become a thing and I started actually meeting weeaboos in the wild in the real world yeah. and also like their their presence just hard me so much that i was like i can't this is this is the kind of people that are into the stuff that i'm into then then i don't want to be into it right like it, it was yeah that that, well, that uh discovering your adolescence when you're kind of you know what's you know what i i know i remember people who what annoyed me was like is that you know what's really weird is like i don't i don't consider myself an alpha male uh but when I'm around certain like weeb types, I feel like my alpha male comes out because like these people kind of feel that's <laughs> like I hate to say this because I am like admittedly grown ass adult. I'm a total weeb. But there there's like and what it is that annoys me is like of that generation of weebs, right? Early two thousands or mid two thousands was sort of like the pretentiousness that some of them had. The gatekeeper that just made me, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember being like, I remember being like, hey, so, uh, didn't y'all have any like, didn't y'all keep a like a rep- repository of anime like on a hard drive, you know? Because this was before streaming, and they're all like being all snooty, like, like I was some kind of bootlegger, and it's like, dude, you know, fan subs are, you know. They're free because you can't get them here. Now you can get this stuff here, so I guess technically it would be illegal. And no one, I mean, some people still bootleg stuff. Why is this guy? I, I'm noticing like this dude like typing something in here. Uh, he's not even showing. Is it, is it the same guy that I mentioned earlier? Yes. Eh, it could just be like okay. So whenever you open up Discord and you just happen to land on the page of the last one you went to. It could be that, yeah, but I it, don't know. but it, but know. it, why would it keep? I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna like leave it, leave it be because it's like it's, it's, it's directing, it's, it's derailing our conversation about about uh, the the intricacies of of, of basically weeb- early, of, of old of early, early gatekeeping, early gatekeeping, yeah, early, early gatekeeping, and so that because I mean, growing up, um. Especially when you grow up in that transitional period before, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people forget that the internet let us connect to each other so well that they're not really thinking about the before time. When if you were into something, you were on this like lonely little island of like, oh, I'm really into anime, but I don't know anybody who else who is. And yeah, that, that that excitement you get when you meet somebody that's into it. So you never really took that for granted. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, during the anime explosion. Like all of a sudden, there's all these people into it and, and whatnot, and unfortunately, because of that, there's those people who I guess thing they is, pride 
pride themselves on being the one into it. Now that everyone else is into it, they're now. You know what I can. Does that make sense though? When I say it, I felt more of like an alpha male being around those people because it was so. I guess seeing someone act so petty over something that they they could have been positive about it and welcoming, but instead they they're just kind of snooty about it. You know what I mean? Like, I know I, I totally understand, and that's that's part of the reason why I, I had think- such an aversion. Which which is funny because I, I bring it up because I didn't actually like give Naruto a chance until. A couple episodes ago, I think it was like during the pandemic year. I was talking about well, still the pandemic year, but um, at all <laughs> like original Naruto. Yeah, I never. I, never I, I watched a little bit of it because some of my friends were really into it. Oh wow! So, I thought you went back. Like I thought you were like revisiting. No, like no, I didn't no. know that was really your first. That was my first thing. consistent experience with it, and and I'm okay with it. Like honestly, I really. Um, reading the manga, I was like, wow, I can get why so many people were into this because this is actually really, really good. And it, it was, it was that experience where I was, I can kind of understand why this is a mainstream, mainstream title. And you kind of get that feeling with a lot of things, right? Like you, you, you can watch something like, uh, My Hero Academia and, and understand immediately why this is a mainstream. Oh yeah. It's like a triple like A title, but to use like a, a game yeah. analogy. You yeah. you you get that, and you get that with Naruto, especially. Like you you read the manga, I was very impressed, and like I I would like to I would like to go back and read the whole the whole manga. But the but mentioning I when I made the big joke, it's funny because out of all the ones from from that era, which is funny, I think One Piece is the only one that definitely broke the mold for me because I just it, it was infectious and I couldn't help myself and. When it when it came to like One Piece and like uh, Naruto, Naruto was kind of like, this is kind of dumb. But I, I when I started finally giving it a chance, it was already in in the Shippuden era, so it was all kind of stupid already. I didn't I didn't get that growing period. So yeah, Bleach, which is one of the the big titles. I think it was Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece were all competing for the number one spot. I still refuse to watch it. I still refuse to watch it. I still refuse to read it. I just. <laughs> I hear nothing like everyone who's told me about it. They all pretty much say the same thing. Like well, it's not that good. Like, it kept going longer than when it should it, have. Well, kind of like when you see something like so much, when you start seeing like, I mean, when I was like early years of being in the Navy and it's like, I would see merchandise at like this, not just like hot topic, but like at like the CD shop back when they, you know, I don't know if those still exist, oh, like the music shop, right? I, I remember seeing one and I thought about getting it too, but I was torn. I was at the same time. I'm like, I hate that the, the shit is everywhere. You know, I know we've kind of talked about this, like, like when I like get on about like, quote unquote, nerd culture, but it's like, it's like when something's like everywhere, it feels kind of diluted. You know what I mean? Um, well, okay, and it's so, not special anymore. Same thing with like Star Wars. You know, you see so many like I've seen the same Star Wars joke on social media like so many times about like stormtroopers missing their shots. You know, it's like okay, it's been done. Yeah, you know, or or the worst one is like oh the over nine thousand joke. I'm like, so, so I'll give you an example to build off of your whole like you felt like the alpha male in that situation. Um, so especially when it comes to work, and there's a lot of people 
I work with, I work with a tremendous amount of like losers and nerds. Um, I don't associate with a lot of them because at the same time, when you talk to them, you're kind of like, dude, I, I don't really want to talk about this with you. Cause it's the only thing we have in common from, from a very, yeah, like, this is, this is the only yeah, overlap in our diagram and everything the else. Problem. That's the problem. That's the other problem from the maturity. Is it like, yeah, this is it. And so, um, for instance, like, uh, Jeff tells one of my friends, cause she was telling me about how she's really into the anime and stuff that she's really into. Cause we had to do a, a, a class together for work. And, uh, Jeff told her explicitly to like, listen, um, like, don't tell George those things. And she's like, why? Like, why, why shouldn't I tell him about that? I'm into this, this or that. He's like, legitimately don't tell him you're into that stuff. Cause it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well for you. And she didn't understand why. And then he he was basically telling me the conversation they're having. And it went from like, no, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him I'm into, like, I think it was Attack on Titan. And <laughs> I'm, I'm very adamant about that. I can respect it for the animation quality. But when it came to the storyline, at the time that I was watching it, and the time that I was kind of giving it a shot by reading the manga, I didn't really care for it. I felt that it was uh, very, very predictable and very, like, it, it was almost trying too hard. I can, re- again... Animation quality is fantastic, but everything else about it just it didn't really sit well with me. I didn't really care about it. Like it's been it's like I hate to say it, but it's been done before and the characters aren't endearing. Yeah. They're not not a fresh take on anything. Not to knock anybody who's into it, because I mean obviously if you haven't like ingested as much stuff as I have, and that's not trying to be elitist or anything like that, it's just that I'm I'm gonna admit that I'm jaded about a lot of things. Yeah. So I try to yeah, I try to be honest about that too. And and to be fair, like watching, I'm like, okay, it looks cool and everything, but I'm just not. It's not clicking to me. It's not. It's not reaching me at a, at a level that I feel like I want to make this investment. Because I've, I've mentioned it before on this podcast plenty of times that time is a commodity. So it doesn't reach me to the point where I'm like, this is something I want to commit to. So I don't really care for it. And like watching her watch like the, watch the new latest episode on her phone and like cry and like like fist bump and things happen. I kind of, I'll admit, I was like, okay, that seems a little excessive, but whatever. Everybody reacts to things a certain way. I mean, like I, I hate for someone to be like, you cried during that particular episode of Wait, whatever show you're watching. Attack on Titan. She was crying. Yeah, yeah. She was crying at a certain scene, but was this recent? It was one of the recent episodes. I want to say the class. I heard, there was that. I heard, I heard something tear jerkish happened. I'm not going to knock it. I mean, like if, if the show pulls your heartstrings, I mean, there's a reason why I love Demon Slayer so much is because the narrative legitimately like it pulls me in and I really enjoy it. And um, I get really hyped while watching My Hero Academia. So I'm not I'm not going to be that person who says like, oh, you're full of shit for liking it. But no, um, I forget what she said. She said something about some series that she was really into. And I just kind of gave her a look like you're, you're fucking me right now. And <laughs> Her, her reaction was like she wasn't and she was like a little embarrassed that I uh, was like like judging her to the point where like she texts Jeff and she's like I don't I don't like that George thinks I'm like really weird now and like Jeff tried to make her feel better like well let me rip that bandaid off for you right now he always thought you were weird he just like now now that you're like parading it out in front of him he's probably being really polite by say, not making it. yeah and I would say just in the grand scheme of things, like, man, if you worry about people thinking you're weird, like you, you picked waste... the wrong topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just in general, like in general, like that's such a, th- you know, 
Yeah. It's it's kind of like when you get over that, you reach a level of maturity. So so no matter what you're into. So piggybacking off of that, like like it or not, and this is mostly because it, this this comes down less about like my taste and more the people that I choose to talk to about like popular culture at work. Typically, the guys I talk to are considered by most people to be the like they're they're the end all be all critics. Like they're the ones that like they they think about it like these things in a certain way where it it goes beyond just like oh there's a reason why they did this for story building purposes. They 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 visualize their framework and what makes the story good, right? And those are the people that I talk to because, like, one, I respect their opinions about it, and they're they're usually respectful of mine. And we can have like intelligent discourses about whatever it is. Like when it came to the Game of Thrones thing, we could all say like, "Yeah, we hate it, but this is the reasons why." Or, "Okay, I I can see where they were trying to go with this episode conceptually, and this is how they failed." As opposed to like, "Oh, I really wanted the Night King to be like Madra from Naruto and just like rush through a bunch of guys against the Ninja War, just like cutting them down or whatever." And because a lot of the people we work with, they 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 don't understand why they like things to look a certain way or be a certain way. And when I break it down to them, they usually like they don't typically like hearing that. Oh, you're just really into anime. That's why you didn't like that ending. <laughs> yeah. Which is my, my my main issue with the Game of Thrones. I go back to Game of Thrones because it's it's the most polarizing thing that universally yeah. by everyone. And my my main complaint about it wasn't. Like their their complaints about like there's not these big fights or whatever, and then it's it's just kind of if you read the books you'd understand there's never any great fights like the best fight scenes are few and far between and even even knowing that George R. R. Martin can write a fight scene that's not what Game of Thrones is about Game of Thrones is about dip- like it's about diplomacy it's about political intrigue not combat so yeah. So whenever the show didn't deliver that, even though it, at the last season it kind of degraded into like these really piss poor choreographed fights, like the mountain versus the hound. Yeah. I won't get into it. That was awful. Um, but you know, I I appreciate it though because it was about that. It was like sort of like that. Uh, that confrontation. You know, there's a lot more going on there. It was more of like an inner battle in the in the hound. Yeah, and I think you know, that's like I want to say they they missed a mark on it. They could have done a lot better because the Hound was such an important character. But that's that's going that's going well, way it's, back. It's, well, you look so going into like what somebody explained to me, and it makes total sense. I don't know if this is what George R. R. Martin said, but this is what I was explained to me. Like every character, when they die, it's not it's not random it's significant and they're given a certain arc to overcome so if they fail that well they they get chopped mm. one of my favorite ones people who who f- failures of said arc was um um damn it who was the who was the who was the king in the north just now John Snow. Wait. Not John Snow. No, 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 no. The Oh, oh. The first, like he was the original uh, king of the north. His brother. Oh, Rob Stark. Rob. When but Rob, two, you saw Rob, it was it was for a double dose. I'm not gonna say beautifully 
constructed, but it, 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 I thought, I thought it was done very well where it's like, you see him, his, that, 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 um, how'd you say that goody, goody, that, uh, that paragon type intransigence that his father had, right? Like you see him, like he would not let, he, he had to lay down the law on uh, the cast head of the cast you know, even though, because he had to, you know, basically, and and that was because he was basically, you know, the, the, what the cast uh, that that was he, one of the they they killed things. those like they were, they they killed the Lannister children or whatever and so like he had to make them pay for it and it's like he didn't and so that arc right the main arc is like they fail to play the they all the ones that die they all fail to play the game right the big players at least right and he just didn't have that diplomatic acumen he was like a good like judge and. He he was like a good person, but he couldn't. He didn't know how to make everyone happy, right? Which is a trap in itself, right? But um, anyway, that that's how that's how, and it makes sense to me at least in that one example. Uh, the whole like you're given an arc, can you pass it? But more to the point that I was trying to make earlier, though, it's not really a pretentiousness that thing about it. It's just that at a certain point when you, I guess, you start looking at things for different merits and just solely entertainment, and you're trying to justify the time commitment you make to ingesting all of this by popular culture stuff, and you try to almost justify the the time consumption, and you kind of look at it more for its merits and in the I guess mythology that is now we especially see with the Marvel movies in in a sense, I, I at least, especially when it comes to Marvel movies, I see it almost like a modern mythology. Um, when you actually look at it and address it and think about it from, from that kind of standpoint, not to say that you become like a, someone who, I, I guess almost like the superficiality that some people have that when initially they get into these kind of hobbies and they get into this interest is typically they see it as a way I guess the first stage would probably be like entertainment, right? And then you kind of hit that fandom stage. And then you kind of hit that stage where for some reason or another, you have this desire to make this part of your identity. And, and, and that's the stage where a lot of people kind of get stuck at. Yeah. I think that's above that. When you just kind of wrap around and you're like, okay, no, I'm just like really into this stuff. It's almost like the fandom, the second, the second stage of fandom. See now, this is good. This is, this is why I like doing this podcast. So we get, we're we're all about the pop culture stuff, but I like getting into where, you know, where it can actually mean something, and be like a, a catalyst, for you know, for for real change on the inside. But what what you mentioned about the whole identity thing, is uh that could be a trap, where it's like you you identify and then you just you just want to feel. Right? You want to feel what the characters feel or whatever. And those people, you know, they just go on to the next thing. Right. It's like, oh, I, I've seen the post. It's like, oh, that depressed feeling when when you just finish like a slice of life anime or whatever and, and you want to die or something, you know. I, I still don't see the appeal of those animes. But then again, 
I've my anime They're, tastes are very specific. We should we should we should talk. We should have we an should episode talk. of the slice of life. Well, yeah, we have yeah, we did jaded, the one jaded episode I was on. That's what we uh, talked about. To come back I think. to that. I almost uh, you know it's one of the ones I want I listen to. But and, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I got but, you. But you know, like there's there's things that like you know a good a good way to put it, there was this lady who does this TED talk and she sounds like she's just sort of like bullshitting and she might, but she's talking about how like gaming like how you could harness gaming to bring out the best in a person. And so, but to do that, you'd have to actually have a real like dialogue and be like, hey, when you play this, when you consume whatever this piece of media, I don't want you to just move on to the next thing. I want you to say, how can I, what did I learn from this? Like what, what steps could I take to, you know, go through a similar actualization that the hero did or, or. You know, how could I fix relationships or build relationships that are kind of like what I saw play out in this, you know, in a positive fashion? And, um, you know, I'm I'm having a sort of a, a you know, an it's, it's not it's, you know, it's not too deep, but I mean, it's I think about some things. Uh, I've been thinking about some things when I've been playing uh, Persona Four, you know. And uh, it's not always obvious, you know, it's like sometimes it's like just tangential, but I don't think it's an accident, you know, well, as long as you're, you know, mindful, right? I guess that that's what I would, what I would uh, promote, like a mindfulness in, in your consumption. Mm -hmm. That's true. And well, that's that. I'd say almost that's a stage you have to reach, and I think that's it's just like a growing pain kind of situation. And I want to say with a lot of people that I've uh, that I've met, and you kind of see the, I guess people breaking through that initial barrier. Like the more you have these kind of conversations, and and it's not that I don't that I don't like having these conversations. It just sometimes it's like you you realize really quickly with certain people how much of a waste it is to like okay like they're not going to see it past this this point like it's basically like hey this is a fun movie like like if someone's like a transformer fan you're not going to talk into like the 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 nuances or, or, or like the mythology that they're building within yeah. the, the transformer franchise really you're just looking like hey look it goes boom or yeah well, i mean the, the, yeah i mean the 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 subject you know whoever we're talking about like they have to, you got to want it right I mean, true true you know and that's i i'm not gonna get on people you know uh on somebody that's hey why aren't you hey hey kid you want some uh self-actualization <laughs> how about them uh how would you like to uh move up maslow's hierarchy of needs <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, whenever I watch, and, and probably the only anime that I'll watch, like uh, those those uh, video essays about, is is Haikyuu, which uh, just one particular guy does a really good job of doing these uh, essay breakdowns of Haikyuu, <laughs> of, of uh, basically the the more more or less like how to you know beating talent or, or being great, and also they're they're really good essays. I think I posted a few of them, 
in our in our Animu channel and our our private Discord, um, which I really enjoyed. But it's it's hard to get people to understand the appeal, especially when it comes to me for 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 one of my big genres of anime that, that I love is, is sports anime. And yeah. it's really hard for people to get into it because I understand it. Cause a lot of people have this, this aversion already built in against sports and, and stuff in general, especially stuff of that regard. So the, the usual issue is the same thing people make when it comes to like, why do you play sports video games? Why don't you go outside and shoot a basketball? You lazy fuck. Why you got to play NBA, NBA 2k or whatever. Like, and I don't think they understand the the appeal but at the same time because they want to say like well i can't go out and shoot somebody or i yeah. can't go out and fight a dragon well, so why wouldn't well, i like you posted i was trying to look in here and like it's like you post this one how girls and panzer is better than fury and it's like i didn't bother watching that because i'm just like i don't even need to know i never watched fury <laughs> but i i remember when that movie came out and like uh you know i was in the military and i remember talking to it with an army buddy of mine and he wanted to see it, and I was like, I don't know. I just, I could tell, dude. I could tell, like, I would be bored. You know to, what I mean? To be I, fair, I am a big fan of a good military like film. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of like, and and I've mentioned this before I, to people where like there are certain film genres that I don't get to enjoy because my friends are giant nerds, and the only ones they want to go see are the big sci-fi fantasy thrillers. Like, they only want to go see Marvel movies. They only want to go see Lord of the Rings. Yeah. If I want to go see like a heist movie or like, for instance, like, I want to go see Knives Out or the latest Guy Ritchie film. I'm shit out of luck because they don't want to mm. go see that kind of stuff. And I love I heard Knives Out was really good. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It, it is a wonderful. You know, wonderful maybe, hey, you know, if I don't want to escape to Japan, maybe I'll have to have like movie night or something. Like <laughs> Definitely, definitely. But I'm a big fan of other kind of movie genres, and one of them is is among uh, it's heist movies, it's it's crime drama movies. Um, but one of my my big loves are like war dramas. It's kind of like a Fury, kind of like you know, you're saving Private Ryan's. Your your uh, what's the latest one that came out that that's really popular that I don't think anyone saw the World War Dunkirk. Uh, is it Dunkirk? No, I I I skipped out on Dunkirk because is I Dunkirk. The big one uh dunkirk was the one that was done by uh the impeccable um oh god i can't remember his name right now but the, the reason why my friends wanted to see it was only because it was a uh the guy who made inception the guy who made um christopher nolan christopher nolan they wanted to go see it because it was a christopher nolan film which i'm like you guys are such losers that the only reason you want to watch this movie is because of christopher nolan and i said no and and i regret it to this day they they've Rubbed it in my face a few times, like we should have went to go see Dunkirk. And I'm like, yeah, it's on me, guys. I'm sorry. That that legitimately was on me. I just didn't feel like that was going to be a good one. But no, I'm talking about the uh, what's it called? It just came out. It came out during. The, I watched it during the pandemic with my girlfriend. Um, 1917. Beautiful movie. Beautiful, fantastic movie. Oh. Yeah, I heard that was like the cinematography was like ridiculous. But like for instance, like I really wanted to go see Fury because I I love a good good war World War II movie. Um Banner Brothers is like one of my favorite like shows on that HBO put out. Like Yeah, I mean I I feel like I don't appreciate I think 
being in the military kind of ruined like military fiction. But I understand it. Well, it changed my taste where it's like it, I need something that's, that's much farther from reality. So my military fiction that I like sci-fi military fiction, I think 40 K 40 K. Yeah. Yeah. 40 K is my like military, you know, big, big bat, you know, those dude, those are some really good battles, you know, like in in those, in the Horus heresy books. So Um, like, so you don't, okay. I'll say this much about fury. The cinematography is fantastic. The sound design is fantastic. They, yeah. I'll tell you created. which ones I like. Which ones for about war movies? Yeah. Okay. I like, uh, I really liked, uh, I think my favorite classic one has got to be like dirty dozen. Um, but I really liked, uh, like submarine ones like U five, seven, one. Um, yes. Uh, those are crazy, you know, because they're there's, they're high tension. <laughs> no, you know. no, no. Um, are you sure it's not because of a navy thing? That's why you're like really into because it's like you're you're rooting for your home team. No, that has no. Like I, I just said it. Like it's the that fear. You're stuck underwater. It's high tension. You don't. You know what I mean? Like yes, you yeah, as yeah. the viewer, you see what's going on, but they don't know. Like oh, I mean, they're using instrument navigation. So, you know, okay. So, but like, I'll tell you, U571 is a good World War II one. Uh, off topic, though, but for sure, like, if there's one story from World War Z that I feel like would make a really good standalone mo- like movie, it's, it's the one where the, I want to say it's a Chinese, like, submarine, like, defects, and it's their, them surviving during the Zompocalypse in their, in their submarine. That would make a fantastic movie. Uh, Hollywood, you know, I hate you guys, but go ahead and get on it. I'll give you that one as a freebie. Now back to Matt's list. Um, there was one that was like, uh, it was called Below, and it was actually like, uh, it was actually like a submarine like horror movie, and it even had it's I forget who all it had it. Oh, I forget some of the names, but I know it had like Zach Galifianakis in like what? a. And like a more serious, like he's still like a weirdo, but he's like a, a more serious role. And uh, let's see what we got um, here. We got uh, Crimson Tide. Um, Bruce Greenwood. Okay. Scott yeah, Foley. that's the one I couldn't remember. I'm looking at the cast right now, and holy shit, this is like the weirdest fucking cast I would expect. Right, a movie like this. right. Like it was, it was a weird movie that I didn't know about. My friend told me and i was like okay watch it i like some uh crimson <laughs> tide was a really good story that was gene hackman and danzel washington um where it's basically like gene hackman is the co they get orders to like basically nuke the soviet union or whatever and then like denzel washington's the executive officer he doesn't want to do that. There's like politics and all this crazy maneuvering, you know, and it was really kind of like, a, I mean, that was like a, a, what do you call, it's like a sum of all fears type thing. You know what I mean? I think, I think the thing you like the most about the, like, and I, I can kind of see the formula where it it is, it is very high tension, right? Like it's a very high tension, claustrophobic kind of film. And I think that, 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 that claustrophobia yeah. I, really helps. 
before I went into the before I like before I actually got my contract to join the Navy, like I was thinking about being a nuclear engineer on submarines. And then like without really thinking about it, I didn't think about it too hard. It was more like I wanted to be like a weapons guy on surface ships instead. So I was like, I was like, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to do nuclear stuff. And I am so glad because thinking back, I would have lost my fucking mind. I would have lost it because being a nuke is really hard. And then you're like on a sub and you don't get to go on Liberty as much. Like you, like the, you're, you're down there. My understanding is like, you're, you don't get to have as much fun as the other ships. Cause you're supposed to be keeping tabs on everything else. People aren't supposed to know where you're at. But I'm actually currently trying to make up a list of like my top five like military films. As, um, as, you're, as you're talking about these. Yeah, there's another uh there's another World War Two one that I can't remember. But you know what? You know what I heard is like a masterpiece I've never seen? Das Boot. Supposed to be like just amazing. But I've never seen it. I think my film list isn't anywhere near as good as yours because it doesn't have that that nineties that that late nineties, early two thousands like flair to it. I just got like all the uh the quintessentials because I, I really enjoy them. You want a two thousands one? You got K nineteen Widowmaker with uh, I mean, Harrison Ford and uh and dude from Taken, I can't remember his name. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yeah. I mean, for me, honestly, like I can't. You can't make a list without including Saving Private Ryan. That movie is. Oh yeah, that's when I thought like, of. But I was like, and and it's basically like it, it, especially when you watch it again and you see how many actors who are right on the cusp of making it were in it. But and and I'll say this much about it, especially with Sam Fry Ryan. Like I think it, and it definitely, and I'd I'd never include Pearl Harbor on the list because it's like so campy. I never saw it. It's 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 a good movie. It's a good. I want to say it was a Michael Bay movie. Is Pearl Harbor? Yes. But, but I'm pretty sure about that one. I definitely like the second act where, where because because I mean Thirty Rock. I got I got to give it to my boy uh, like Alec Baldwin because of Thirty Rock. And I. Like I, I, the guy's obviously a terrible human being, but when it comes to acting, that motherfucker, that son of a bitch, is so good at it. And uh, him playing this over the top like commander, who's who's leading the pilots to go like bomb, like you know Hiroshima or whatever, and he's 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 acting so over the top, but he's still saving it because he's Alec Baldwin, right? So he got saving Private Ryan for sure. Um, Fury, as I mentioned. Even though technically Girls in Panzer is a superior thing, and I recommend you watching that video, why Girls in Panzer is better than Fury. But it, their main their main debate is they they see it from a perspective of somebody who's really into tanks and World War Two, like from a historical standpoint. And how yeah, gotcha. Is a better job of generating like interest. if you were like basically if you were one of those girls from that show because they were like really into that show. They're like I don't know about it. It's like I know an Abrams, and that's it. And they're talking about right. all these different fucking uh, tank varieties. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, uh, another one um, 
so to balance out my list of like submarine uh, movies, Enemy at the Gates, which is a sniper oh, film that takes place in uh, Stalingrad. Yes. Um, With uh, Jude Law. Jude Law, Joseph Fiennes, and Ed Harris. You got Rachel Weiss as the uh, the female sniper. Who does she play? She doesn't play the actual like famous fe- like female sniper, does she? She plays like someone who's supposed to be her. I thought I thought that I thought she was like the one they were fighting over. No, no, no. She no, was no. the love interest. She was. Um, there's a historic. Oh, also yeah, she wasn't. Well, it wasn't about. Yeah, it wasn't about the crack shot female snipers the the one yeah. the movie's about Vasily Zaitsev you also forget the fact that Ron Perlman's in it and I fucking who Ron, the fuck was he he was like uh so when Vasily is like fighting the Ed Harris's character the the Nazi super sniper dude um Ron Perlman is like the the gruff other sniper dude who's paired up with him oh okay because Ron Perlman's got that like fucking that bulldog kind of face where he just plays yeah. that 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 character actor that everybody loves, right? Okay, so Enemy of the Gates is one of mine as well, and I've already mentioned Fury. I already mentioned. Oh, I was about to over, overlook this one. I do think Inglorious Bastards is a fantastic World War II movie, even though it's like totally like alternate, totally history. alternate history. But it is it is such a good. Well, hey, I mean that's uh, what's his, you know Tarantino. that's yeah that's Tarantino. You know his movies will just like suck I'm, you in. I know. You know I've I had know. where I've had where like you know channel surfing and then just stop on like oh Pulp Fiction. You know like, yeah, I mean Tarantino's that guy that like I I want to talk shit about, but I can't. Like he he'd be that person where where people could be like. They'll probably shut down any argument you have. Just don't, talk just about don't like mention all the feet. Don't mention all the feet, but <laughs> he'd, he'd be that one person where, like, I hate fucking pretentious people and people who are, like, really into themselves and stuff like that. Then, like, but don't you love Tarantino? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. And I hate myself every day whenever. No, he's a fantastic director, and it sucked. I got to hand him credit. I, if he sticks with this whole plan where he has a set amount of films that he's going to make and that's it, I I hate. Because I understand why he's doing it, because he doesn't want to be one of those directors who keeps putting out shit, even yeah. though like he's not good. So he set himself yeah. a limit, and I got to respect the man for it, but that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie was so fucking good that I really hate the fact that if he stopped making movies, I really would. It would really... It would pain me, because I fucking... That movie was amazing. Fucking amazing. And, uh, okay, so the last for my my uh, war movie list. And I'm only keeping it to five, but 13 hours. I don't know if you saw that one. That was like Cuban Missile Prices. No, that was the Benghazi one. Oh, why do I always think that? I think I'm like 13 days or some shit. That, that movie is such a, a good, <laughs> like, just in your face kind of... I don't know. I, I really love it. I think it's fantastic. Oh man. Uh, I think it's funny we're not even like covering the stuff that I wanted to talk about, but that's because, you know honestly a lot of the stuff better. that I did 
Oh, this is way better topics because the stuff that I was going to talk about was just kind of having something to talk about. I really enjoyed this conversation. We like we, this rabbit hole we went down. Yes. And it's yeah, it's a lot better. You know, I mean, like the format. It's good to sort of start with like the catch up stuff, but then when we can really get into a, a topic. Because I feel like sometimes we don't always have a, t- a real topic, uh, a core topic. I don't know. But uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other military movies that. I mean, it does, does, does Starship Troopers count? So that's the, probably the best. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think when, I, when I play with you and your buddy on a. When we're playing Deep Rock and and <laughs> Starship Troopers is so so easy to quote while playing Deep Rock, it's it's not even fucking funny. Come on, you apes! Would it live forever? I know we've done it before. Like it's like we're the middle of middle of a swarm, and you kind of bite off more than you can chew, and you're sitting there like holding the line against this big wave. It's very easy to run up to your friends and be like, "What are you doing, Watkins? Are you trying to be a hero? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to kill some bugs, sir." That is my fucking favorite line from that fucking movie. I the, can't get. Have enough. you ever have you ever read the book? I did. It does not do the movie. The movie's it's, way better. It's so weird. But when you you got to admit that's like one of the weirdest. I have to say that is the weirdest adaptation because the. <laughs> it, it, it's because like so much of it still ended up in the movie, but the tone was like a complete shift. Well, it's like, because the okay. tone was totally different. You get the director of RoboCop who people forget because RoboCop is the originals were such amazing, amazing films. Like the story They're really Jesus. weird. Yeah. Well, like the whole satire of it, you know, no, no, like, no. yeah, it, and it's like, well, what's weird is like, I mean, what is satire? But like, it's it's like a form of, or well, I mean, when you when you take something, it's it's like it took it to like its absurdist version of the future, right? And it's like people, I know, like there was a post somebody made somewhere, and you might have shared it in the Discord. It was like, <laughs> basically, like, oh, hey, this we're basically living in like RoboCop. You know, they pointed out all the similarities, yeah. you know, like big, yeah. big pharma, you know, corporations. They purposely uh, like crippled the economy. And then uh, a private corporation took over the police force, which purposely like let the crime rate go up so they could buy out all this property of the cheap so they can make a new upscale like thing. And then and the sad part is like when you start talking about it, you realize like, holy shit, so much of this like parallels with like what actual Detroit is going through right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you also got to give it a shout out to RoboCop was shot in Houston, which says something about our, like our, our city that it has a dystopian Detroit look to it. That people oh, God. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, Holy so, shit. Yeah, so what another, of- so we have another like cinematography claim to fame other than giving birth to um oh christ i forgot his name <laughs> quirky uh, director 
Oh God. There you mean uh Wow. I'm I even Wes Anderson. Wes, Wes Anderson. Anderson. Damn it. You know it's funny too that you mentioned something that, to rival uh, that that Rushmore <laughs> actually uh I want to say Rushmore was actually filmed at Rice University, if I remember correctly. Um Rice? I thought it was actually like a bo- my understanding was like it was actually oh, like a boarding school that he went to and then the one now in real life he didn't get kicked out of but the one he got like sent to i think was lamar which is actually a school i went to for a couple months and it's right like it's like you could see the galleria from it It was really weird going there so <laughs> at least with the with starship troopers we're gonna like to, to backtrack but you you got so you have the director of Robocop who is known like he he figured out the formula of how to make a box office film that both is a box office film, but it also satirizes the box office genre in general because Robocop was ultra violent on purpose. It was gratuitous on purpose to make you feel a certain way about ultra violence. And not just that, but it also did like this it cranked everything up to such an absurdist degree that it made it fun with the, with the absurd commercials and whatnot. So when you get yeah. a movie like you want to make Starship Troopers into a movie, which is basically a book about a fascist regime in space with power armor and people fighting bugs. And like, just, just, it was basically a book about like military fantasy in this, in the, in the fucking 41st millennium or some shit. And he changed it drastically and he added his 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 spin to it with the the sensationalized like commercials and everything else and then you on top of that he cast nothing but soap opera stars so outside of like um neil patrick harris and the guy who plays uh rathjack i think michael ironside Michael Ironside and what's his face? The the dude who is the voice of Mr. Krabs. Um oh. for the, so basically let me, let me put it down to it. So Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Jake Busey, Michael Ironside. Val Kilmer was in this movie? The heck what? No, he Crazy. wasn't. Clancy Brown, the guy who plays uh, Zim. He like they're like the one few. Who the fuck was was Cuba Gooding Jr. was in this movie? This can't be right. Who did he play in Starship Troopers? No, I'm I'm definitely curious. This this can't be right. But either way, either way, you you have a bunch of like soap opera stars in in this sci-fi movie about fighting space bugs. It's supposed to be a satire of fascism. I guess that's kind of stri- like. I mean, technically, the guy who wrote the book. I feel like they don't go enough into the. Hey, hey. Even in the book, they don't really go that I deep. Guarantees citizenship, all right. I you mean, I kind of agree it. with that. Not, not on like the level of like. I see now we're getting into like. Now we're getting politics. into political discussion. I don't want to go into over, details, but I have, I, have watched the, I have watched the podcast where they actually do 
try to debate the the notion that like military service should be a prerequisite for you to actually do like anything like voting or whatever. But I, we're we're not going to get yeah. into that. Because that's, no, that's I don't. Off the, off the cuff here. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out. But I mean, they guys... didn't really. Uh, but it was like it was like. I mean, it was like a military. It was it was militaristic, you, you know. And it was like, and they talked about how, in the book, right? This isn't in the movie. In the book, it was like you're talking about. You know, why do we why do we send down like these shock troops to when we could we could easily just bombard the planet's surface from outer space. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even be able to see what's hitting them. But the whole reason you send down shock troopers is because it's showing you who's, you know, laying down the law. Like there are people doing exactly like, like they, you know, like you could imagine like, uh, I mean, I I could take it to another level. It's like, what if they did do that? Well, if you you had like somebody a uh, civilization that you kept under your thumb so long, well, then they they might think it's God. And for so many generations of oppression, they might just think it's God being angry with them, right? So you want them to them know that you're the empire, you know? Whatever well, you mentioned, especially when when you mentioned 40k earlier, and this is actually something that does happen in the 40k universe where the when you when you go to a, a an imperial world that isn't technologically advanced, they call them like the emperor's angels sent from heaven. And so you see like a let's say you, it's a feudal society like medieval ages, and you're just like a serf, and all of a sudden raining down in the sky in a fireball lands a ten foot tall behemoth made out of steel and like just rage, and there's nothing that you could do. To stop this this impenetrable force, and, and and that's usually what they they see the space marines as 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 the emperor's angels. And there's a, actually a quote from one of the graphic novels that I I've only seen because I've been down that rabbit hole on YouTube where you watch all those uh, 40k lore videos, and someone they they put the picture from the from the graphic novel up on the screen, and and the quote was it was a guy from one of those death worlds who he was he was in the process. Of becoming a space marine and he's talking to one of the chapter masters and he looks him up like he, he looks up at him and he says like what what kind of war are you guys fighting that requires soldiers like you and i think that's a, that's a good encapsulation of like what kind of conflict would require like shot troopers to rain down from the sky and then it's a bit more extreme in in the book compared to the movie because i mean i'm sure you remember where I think Carmen and uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character, they die early as fuck in the book. Like Rico's the only person who somehow against all odds manages to survive for the duration of the book series. Most of the characters you meet in, in the, in the movie, they die damn near immediately. I don't even think Dizzy was a female in the book. I think Dizzy was like a, one of his friends from school who subsequently dies like, you know, on a mission. Zim does live. If I remember right, it's been a while since I read it. Yeah. Oh man. 
So, what do you think? You know what? Let's let's wind down with uh, some musing. What do you think uh, would happen if they like redid <laughs> Starship Troopers as a real sci-fi military? Uh, dark, you know, the dark story that it that it originally was. If I'm being honest with you, yeah, personally, I would hate it. I, I am it, I, I'm not a fan of these dark retellings. Now, if the original source, no, 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 material, I don't mean a dark retell. I don't mean darker than the book. I mean darker no, than no, the no, fucking no. movie. It would no, be no, like no. the book. It would be like the book. I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that like looking at it from a perspective of uh, a consumer, right? The majority of the people out there have seen, I want to say it's one of those movies. It's not like the Forrest Gump level where everyone's seen it, but I want to say a huge amount of the population has seen the original Starship Troopers. And if you were to come out with like a a modern retelling, well, not a modern, like, okay, a modernized version of the original book. I don't think it'd be really receptive. I think uh, Peter V. Verhoeven did a really good job of uh, picking the material that he chose to glean from that. Like he he took the basic framework of Starship Troopers, and he and he I want to say he made it better. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, sorry, not Peter. And it's hard to debate that because okay, on, on one end they can't make they could they couldn't have made. The an accurate telling of the book in 1997. I, I think it's so honestly, dude. I think it's so different. They're they're two different bodies of work. Like you can't. There's no way. It's already bad. It's already hard enough. What it's like. You're looking at um. It's it's already hard enough when you're looking at like um. Shit. I mean, most most other like films that are based on a book and people oh the book was better well yeah most times yeah because things get left out but with with starship troopers like it just it there's a different has a different effect if i if i get it there's definitely something you see i guess like i said once we get to that 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 latter stage of uh being a pop culture aficionado when you can kind of read things like if you're reading the book that you know they're going to make a tv show or movie out of and you can kind of already see what they're going to gut like for instance um several years ago when i was reading the game of thrones books and the series was probably at i want to say the tv show was probably they were still working off the book framework. I remember reading a storyline where Tyrion is talking to, I believe her name was Penny, who was this uh, dwarf that he met. Um, Her brother was killed because when Cersei requested the head of Tyrion, a bunch of people went out and they were just killing male dwarves back like left and right. Penny meets Tyrion, realizes who it is, gets angry, tries to kill him. And they have this whole arc where Tyrion gets to see how the other side lives. And it's this big... It, it, is it important for his character development? Sure. Because he can kind of like see 
a different side of things, right? It's very good telling for someone who lived in a privileged position. It's almost like the Prince and the Pauper situation. Yeah. Well, reading the book, I can already tell flat out that this wasn't going to be included. And I remember that my girlfriend at the time was like, no, they have to include this. This is all really important. And I told her flat out, it's not going to be in the show. <laughs> and she got a little mad at me about it. Like, what do you, it has to be in the show. I'm like, no, I'm telling you from a perspective of, like, I, I, I know how, I know what they have to like take out to make a movie, right? Or, or make a TV show, for example. Like, I, I can kind of already see what has to be removed. And I'm not saying that this character development isn't important. I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of things, this character isn't important. Like, you can get the same effect in other ways and, and still end up at the same destination. You can take different routes and still end up in the same spot. And lo and behold, they cut it out. But granted, they cut out so much from those books. I, I, I was genuinely yeah. upset about it. But for, for more to that regard, when we, th- we think about Starship Troopers, especially the sea as a good example of it, is that if you take out the meat and potatoes of the book and you distill it to its, its, its core principle, you can kind of see how the movie was uh, a more consumable version of that that same narrative right at its yeah. core it's the same story at its core it had the same messages the difference was is like instead of giving you like a i don't know what would be a good example of it instead of giving you a steak they gave you like a hamburger and i love hamburgers probably more so than i love steak and that's blasphemous to some people but there's really more that do. goes into a hamburger. There's a lot it's more, more fun. It is more you get, fun. You usually eat it with French fries, you know. There's a lot of ways you can cook. Uh, like it, it, almost like the quality of meat isn't as important, but it is still kind of important. You season it differently, you know. There's oh, dude, I'm ways. a master. Like I do like. Uh, man, there's a lot of ways to consume I, this, right? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, don't get me in on like hamburger construction methods. <laughs> so I guess like, let me see if I can think of something that you can compare to it. Like, let's see, what's what's a good example of something that started off as a novelization and ultimately became a movie that or or, or a TV show that you might have watched? Um, comparison from Starship Troopers, the the book. To the, okay, how about this one? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've I'll read. T- I'm thinking of. I, I'm just. You want me to just come up with an example? I'm not gonna say you've read Ender's Game. Yeah, there you go. You watched the movie. That was a really good. They did that. I think I feel like they did it justice, man. Really? Yeah. Did you think it was terrible? I've never read the book. I mean, I've, I've become interested in reading them more as an adult because I hear like that the the writer completely I, I think his uh political views are very polarizing that's what, for some yeah that's what look the guy's mormon and he's like <laughs> anti-gay i guess and that but my understanding is that like the the hollywood community kind of like gutted every uh, you know like the chance for it to for the movie to flourish i remember uh because I uh, I did a 
fantasy movie league, right? Where you you pick movies for a certain season. You did then, not for like so you did like because I remember seeing it whenever you'd go to see what, what movie theater was it? it wasn't AMC. I want to say it was uh, whenever before Silverado got picked up by Cinemark, they had that fantasy movie league. No, this was this was between me and my friends. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you know, maybe if uh, we get enough engagement from this, we'll 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 do that for for one of these fun intended things. We'll do like a fantasy movie league. That'd be a fun thing to do. But but go on, finish finish your thought. Um, I think. Uh, so you haven't seen it or read the book? I've I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie, and the movie's fantastic. Yeah, so they now granted it's been a long time since I read the book. I read the book in ninth grade. And then this movie came out what I don't know. Uh, it's fairly figure... recent. I want to say it's late two thousands. I mean uh two thousand tens. Let me yeah. find out for you what you think. It's like 2014. 2013. You're close. Ah. That's a pretty good call. Pretty good call. So, yeah, I remember I saw it on my, like, birthday. And they had, like, special, like, they had different cocktails based on the different, like, battle school teams. <laughs> um, and I got one of those. I forget which one I got. I, th- I think it was the one Ender was on, but I don't even remember. But, like, it was... I thought they did a pretty good job. Like you, you understand like the, that whole twist at the end, dude. I mean, like, come on. Can you imagine that? Like, I, I can't think of a crazier twist than that. Like, then again, I read that when I was in ninth grade and I was like, just my jaw dropped. Yeah, I think like, about the cast too they pick, and and this is probably I think the reason why Ben Kingsley was in it was because this is during his his return, like it was Iron Man three where he became the uh, the Mandarin. He was on his way back, and the the casting I didn't even know that the the chick from uh, what's it called uh, Middle of Sunshine was in it until I rewatched it like a couple like months ago. Yeah, I don't even remember who was in it, and I was like Air Harrison Ford and some kid. Harrison Ford, Ben and Kingsley, and Viola Ben Kingsley. Davis. Davis, yeah, I remember her. She was like the incredible Haley Steinfeld before she uh, she hit. But I mean, so what are you asking me about it, though? So okay, do you feel that? Well, you already said you feel like it's a good. Um, okay. So compared to the book, is it an accurate translation? Yeah, I think it grabs everything. It grabs everything. So that I remember that I remember that you remember. So I'm trying to think like that's probably the best example because there's not a lot of. Okay, I'm trying to find a book. I mean, I think we're a book that's different than the movie to such a point where like does it make? Oh, I'll give you one. Okay, I got a really good one that's totally even. I, I didn't think I forgot about this one. Uh, the Stepford Wives. I never saw any of those. I so, know the so like, yeah, the concept, right? I mean, it's it's one of those like, it's weird. There's definitely like political message in it, but I mean, you're it's 
I, I didn't even take any of that. I just read it as this kind of crazy like horror that's happening around you. And I, I think uh, the movie Get Out was when I saw Get Out, I was like, I felt like that inspired by the story, not the movie, because the movie, the movie was totally the 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 movie was like it was a fucking joke it was basically it was like shame on you men for being like uh mad at women for for doing being successful you know and that's what that's what they that's what all the men were like that's what it was like oh we're 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 jealous of our of our successful women and so we're going to have them like turned into robots. The original book was not that. The original book was that the men wanted like the perfect these the women were not successful. They were they were like average women. But what they wanted was like a perfect version of what they thought a woman should be. And it's one of these like sort of paranoid like you see the noose you know forming around the main character and you're you're left with these insinuations kind of figuring out what's going on and in that was that's what made it an interesting book but the movie was just trash but i i've heard that like if you read the book like it's pretty political late night sessions uk jazz yeah we should do that but we need a better setup we do we do but we're talking might get some music in here one of these days. We need to, yeah, I need to figure out how to like get everything like recorded locally because right now we're using a bot. But I mean, I I I know how to like this off topic. We were I was just talking about how like during this entire podcast, like I've been listening to jazz music while talking to Matt, and it's been a it's been a, a very very fantastic experience for me. And I'm suggesting us to add this to our future podcast where we can actually have jazz music, you know, hopefully right free, preferably right free jazz music playing in the background. And I, and I know how to do it because, you know, part of my new job is, is totally like, you know, do you it. You gotta find time. that shit. Well, oh, I know, where, I, I know where to get it from. And, uh, my word, my word. Um, <laughs> I didn't think this this, this could be, get get this podcast is, could get any better, and uh, yeah, I was actually quite enjoying it. But <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a that's a good ending point. We we, we touched on the Stepford Wives and uh, Matthew Broderick's like foray into. I well, I want to say didn't it start off like as a the original one was like a Twilight Zone episode, and they made it to a feature film with Matthew Broderick. I, I Matthew. thought I thought there was a I thought there was another another movie. That I had never seen that was closer to the book, but I've never seen it. I want to say Stepford Wives has been made twice. Um, the one I'm thinking, yeah, of is, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like Nicole Kidman, there's another one. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. That's what I was mentioning when I said like it was this sort of like feminist, you know, because I'm not trying to get political, but I mean it was. So really, I thought it was. Politics aside, I thought it was a really weak movie because it's like it wasn't it didn't have that horror feeling the book did. The so, book was like a horror book. From what I'm gathering from the timeline of events, 1975 was the original one. And they remade it in 2004. 
for whatever reason. And um, it looks like it did okay, financially speaking. Because I sincerely doubt it had a budget of $102 million. It's like a... But apparently that's what it generated. Hmm. But yeah, so if you guys like this kind of content, by all means, please contact us on our Discord page. Uh, we are still part of the Clutch City crew. Uh, you can find us on Discord under that title. If not, we have a Facebook group called the Fun Intended Podcast. Or is it just Fun Intended? I forget. I think it's just Fun Intended. It's just Fun On in- Facebook. On Facebook. Our Twitter page is FI underscore pod. And yeah, by all means, reach out to us. Let us know what we're, how we're doing. If you enjoy our content, we'll continue making it. If you don't enjoy our content, we'll probably still continue making it since you know we're paid up for the year. And we try to put out this podcast every Tuesday. If you're a brand new listener and you made it this far, like thank you for listening to us ramble on about just the state of popular culture as it is. Hopefully you enjoy what we had to deliver for you guys. And I want to say that's pretty much it. Um, We are open suggestions. Hopefully in two weeks time, maybe sooner, depending on when we get chased to do this this tremors episode which i'm mildly intrigued on uh <laughs> we'll get we'll get back to you guys so you got that to look forward to an episode about tremors and obviously in the future horizon there's a lot of films coming out mm, i'd want to say godzilla versus kong comes out this month uh what else is going to drop soon uh ah wow there's a whole list of things but <laughs> The we are technically at the beginning of that first quarter of new releases coming out, although they're be coming out on streaming platforms and other things like that. We're gonna do our best and due diligence to watch these things and get back to you. If there's anything you guys want us to cover or talk about, what have you, if there's a favorite show you have, by all means come down to the Clutch City crew and drop us a line, let us know, tag us on Twitter, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, but for this episode, that's it. I'm George and uh As always, this is Matt. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye.